Hey everyone, welcome to the Silicon Alley Podcast. I'm your host, William Glass, CEO and co-founder of Ostrich, making personal finance easy. GetOstrich.com for more information. And of course, the host of the Silicon Alley Podcast. Super excited to have you listen to today's episode. It is a continuation of my conversation with Mike Walls. If you missed the first part of this conversation, I want you to pause the podcast right now, go back, listen to one episode. You are going to want to make sure that you hear the first part of this. Mike is a rapper, artist, and entrepreneur, absolutely crushing it. And this is a continuation of my conversation with the great Mike Walls. You got no time to waste, but still you hesitate. Caught in a circle saying, I'll never leave this place. Some words got you searching from the bright side over and over until you're looking on the inside. One life, there's a feeling that you can't find. Holding a hope and only keep you on the outside. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much how free life, the business came to be. Yeah, that's awesome. So what was, what were some of the biggest challenges transitioning to being an entrepreneur and to starting your own business in free life entertainment to start with? What wasn't a challenge, man? So <laughs> I was so grateful that I was um, smart enough to know to hire people who were better than me <laughs> at what I was doing. So like Tommy, my partner, Tommy and my homegirl, Kelly, they were like the two members of my team that would like help me do all the things, like kind of like outsource all the different tasks that we had. Like Tommy was really good at social media marketing, email funnels, you know, like the whole infrastructure of the digital media landscape. While Kelly, she was more of like an aesthetics person. She did a lot of graphic design and all the aesthetics that went with like social media. Me, I was doing all the content production. So like I was the one going out shooting, creating the content and making it happen. So I had a small team. The hardest part about it was <laughs> once the contract ended, <laughs> it was like, who's going to sign another like contract with me? Yeah. And, like, so you go from like doing like a three month thing where you were, you know, that joint's hitting every like, like twice a month, you know, once at the first, once at the half. And when that person does not renew that contract, even if he's your best friend, it's like you gotta you gotta find more clients. And and what kind of clientele do you want? Do you want like one-off projects? Do you want long-term projects, mid-term projects? The biggest challenge was like continuing to to create business and then at the same time like learn how to manage finances and be a real operating business. It's one thing to be a creative, but a whole nother thing like being a CEO that balance I would continue to learn, you know, even to this day, you know. What is it that's that's different or, or when you think about making that transition from a creative to a CEO when it comes to managing finances specifically? So, you know, that's one of the things that really focused on, um, you know, my, my co-founder and I are building a, a, a fintech company called Ostrich that's focused on personal finance and getting people to where they need to be and, and creating community around money and trying to change the money culture that we have in this country. And um, so I'm, I'm just really curious what that is specifically from, from your perspective and what you learned going from creative to, to CEO. Well, man, like from a creative standpoint, it's a very uh, feminine energy. You know what I'm saying? Like you almost don't want to think about money like <laughs> as a creative. Yeah, or yeah. like a traditional creative, like a the traditional artist just wants to be the artist and create music and art and perform and 
everybody else handles the business. But what ends up happening is that's how artists have traditionally gotten taken advantage of. Same way athletes get taken advantage of. There's no concept of financial literacy, financial education, and using money as a tool. Because previous to becoming a CEO, I think my mentality around money was uh, you make it and you spend it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know anything about, you know, investing in assets that then produce additional cash flow. You know, I didn't know anything about the mechanics of wealth and like how wealthy people use money versus how poor people and middle class people use money. And um, becoming a CEO put me into it, it, it made me have to learn these things, because if I didn't, then I, I, I might as well just continue to be an artist. But because I knew that I had to be a, a well-rounded artist, creative entrepreneur, I had to learn the mechanics. And that caused me to take a total shift in my, my thinking around money and and learning what it and what it you know what it really is used for and how to how to use it to grow uh, a operation and a business versus I don't know for like personal gain you know yeah. I think the more you can use money to to help people and to build things the more it comes back to you and um, yeah man I think uh, I hope that's answering your question like yeah no it does yeah there's there's no wrong answer I, you know it's it's your it's you know it's it's how you feel there's no wrong answer. Yeah, I mean, like, because there's so much that communities of culture, communities of color don't know about money that will blow your freaking head off, you know? And I think just access to that information and having real conversations and creating real communities like you and your partner are doing, I think that's going to be the biggest step in our whole generation because it's not really just about Black people not knowing about money. It's really about everybody, everybody on a societal level, not really understanding how money can be used as a tool and how to, you know, leverage your credit, how to uh, leverage assets, how to stay away from liabilities and just having those, having just the basic fundamentals, it'll, it'll just, it'll just change society, period. Yeah. You know, because we all have, we do have the control. We all have the opportunity to, to turn a hundred dollars into a hundred thousand. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what helped you change your money mindset, so to speak? Like what were some of the things that, it sounds like you read a ton of books. Were there, was it books? Were there other things that you, that you used to, to help learn more about personal finance and finances in general? Yeah. Um, books and hanging around a lot of rich people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when, um, as, as 1500 and nothing grew, first of all, I'm like, around a lot of wealthy people so being around wealth it kind of you kind of it kind of rubs off on you not only just like the practical knowledge of how to use it and make it but like the energy of it like a lot of wealthy people aren't stressed out even if they have a lot of even if they are stressed they are generally like making decisions from a peaceful place <laughs> you know what i'm saying from like a from a centered place health is wealth too you know what i'm saying like i've seen a lot of people get money and not be able to sustain their career because they can't sustain their bodies you know um when i continue to work with rance we started interviewing um venture capitalists to to partner with us on this project that would be the 1500 sound academy the first X-Men school for creative genius located in Inglewood, California for creative superheroes. <laughs> and um, 
when we were interviewing these people, we uh, came to the partner that we have now. Her name is Twilight True, and she owns a enterprise called Twilight True Enterprises in Newport Beach. And, you know, when we created that partnership, they created a, a company called Volume Ventures. And Volume Ventures is pretty much like a holdings company that invests in, you know, projects of culture that's going to elevate and shift culture forward. The first of that being the 1500 Sound Academy. And just being with Rance and going to meetings, boardroom meetings, seeing like what a family office is, seeing how that works in relation to what banks do, seeing like just asking questions, you know what I'm saying? Like I would, I would have never, by the time Free Life Entertainment became two years old, I renamed the company Free Life Enterprises because I saw Twilight True in her massive like 100,000 square foot facility with five different companies, one in each wing of the, you know, of the buildings on two separate floors. You know what I'm saying? Like getting exposed to just getting exposed to wealth, learning about it, and then like practicing the knowledge is really what changed my mindset towards it. And I think, yeah, information and experience and being close to it. That makes a lot of sense. And for those that don't know what a family office is, look it up after this. It's not like a dentist office or anything like that. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, so one of the questions that I like to ask every guest is if you were to describe your relationship with money, how would you describe it? My relationship with money is in direct core. My relationship with money is beautiful, first and foremost. I would call money an alignment or a reflection of my energetic output. Um, Money is energy. Money is, it flows as long as you're not blocked, especially for a a creative person. One of the biggest lessons that I learned this year with money is um, my environment is in direct proportion to my creative output, which is in direct proportion to my cash flow because of the nature of my businesses. When I came back from tour, well, while I was on tour with Nicki Minaj from January to March, I made more money than I ever made in my life, you know? And um, by the time I came back, I wasn't operating at the, in the environment or doing the same type of work that I was doing on tour. And that contrast caused my finances to slip because my environment, my, the quality of work that I was doing wasn't at the same level. So I ended up having to move and like recreate my whole reality to then create the foundation to allow money to flow back into my life. I have a very positive relationship with bread because <laughs> I, I just love what it, I love it because I used to fear it. I actually used to feel like I didn't need it. You know what I'm saying? Like, for those who don't know, like free life, when I was less mature, it was a very reckless, <laughs> it had very reckless elements to it. You know what I mean? Drastic change, making drastic moves is a part of this whole journey. You know what I'm saying? But you have to learn from those things, whether it works out for you or not. And um, I used to feel like I didn't need money because, you know, I didn't have a, I didn't have a relationship with it when I was in college not getting paid as an athlete, not having to pay for things because I'm on scholarship. I never experienced the transaction, you know, at a very formal time where I'm supposed to be learning how to have, you know, these interpersonal life skills. And by the time I got to LA, I didn't have those skills. And I had to find a relationship with money 
And that became like a hustle mentality. Like, oh, I gotta get money. Money's scarce. Money's limited. Oh, I, I need I need a hustle for this. Oh, I didn't I didn't think that I had value to exchange. You know. Yeah. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, money is also in a direct relation to like how you value yourself. So you have to have like a great self perception and a great I guess self knowledge for self awareness for who you are and what you bring to the table, and um learning how to have conversations and creating value with other people and knowing what you want out of certain situations versus like blindly just doing things for the love. Like a lot of artists do too. You have to find that healthy relationship between what you can give away and, Mm -hmm. and what you, you know, what you tax. (laughs) Absolutely. No, giving is the key though. But giving is the key. The more you give, the more you get. You know what I'm saying? Like money is an energy form, bro. I don't know. We can get yeah, no, no, no. I like that. No, no. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like at the end, of, at the end of the day, we create things through our actions, and money is a is a, is a way that we store that that energy that we've done or the actions that we've taken, whatever it is, and it's a store of value. And and I think you're right, right? So, you know, if you can create and build things and and add value to other people's lives, and you make sure that you that you know your worth and the value that you're creating then you're going to you're going to have money flow to you and i i i completely agree and i love i love that you started off and said that your relationship with money is beautiful uh, i think it's, you're the first person to say that and i i, I love that oh um, wow i'm surprised um i mean cuz but no i'm not surprised like I, I i get it and i appreciate you acknowledging that cuz it's like man what i've learned is just that there's no better feeling than doing something for somebody and them doing something for you. You know what I'm saying? Like the art of reciprocation is so important, man. Like if you don't have money, you still have value. You know what I'm saying? And like, if you can, I spent a lot of my like early years in LA, like giving a lot for free, for free, for free, for free. And I wasn't getting a return one probably because I wasn't asking for it. So Tell me a little bit more about Free Life Enterprises and, and what the state is today. What's, tell, tell me about the business. How did it transform from that agency into what it is today? Right. So, um, man. Okay. So in 2018, you know, I've been working with 1500 for three years. We partnered with Volume Ventures, Twilight True Enterprises. We get the 1500 Sound Academy, 30,000 square foot facility, Inglewood, California, and we launch. You know, I'm the creative director. I'm on salary. I have them as a client. Cross Colors is a client. I'm kind of moving and grooving. I have a couple really key clients in in, um, culture that I'm, you know, supporting with my creative services. So we we launched the Sound Academy. I'm producing an event series that's like a masterclass with all of Rance's and 1500's close friends. You know, Timbaland comes in, does a masterclass with the students. We do these uh, one-off experiences where, like, we not, we're not actually official school yet, so we're just throwing uh, masterclass events. Okay. And, um, you know, celebrities are coming through, all these things. So at the end of the day, my contract ends, and um, because, you know, they're a startup company too, they opt not to renew our contract or renew my contract, and I'm crushed because this is like a Steve Jobs moment, if you can imagine. You know what I'm saying? It's like... This thing that like I felt like I helped start. Yeah. It was now like turning this back on me and being like, nah, you're actually not a part of this anymore. I mean, it was way not that, but like, that's how it felt. You know what I mean? So that last semester, I mean, I'm sorry, (laughs) I called it a semester, but that (laughs) 
the last quarter of the year, you know, I was kind of in a rock and a hard place. Like I had some money saved up. I had some, my, but my biggest client in, my, in the project that my heart is the most connected to kind of just got taken away from me as well. And I was just like, what do I do? You know what I'm saying? So my, my boy Jelani, best friend, kept it 100 with me. He was like, bro, you know what I'm saying? I'm coming out to LA. I got cut from the Oakland Raiders, but um, I still live in Oakland. So I'm coming to LA. We, me and my wife are thinking about moving to LA. So boom. So he comes to LA and me and him camp out for like a month. Like we're hopping around to different Airbnbs around the city because he's trying to get a feel for different, you know, places. And at that time, we're having these mastermind sessions where we're just totally locked in, away from everybody. Nobody even knows where I am. That's why, like, and I made it a tradition. Like, every fourth quarter of the year, I go completely ghost. And I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere on a sabbatical, like, reforming, like, the new master plan for what's going to be the next move of my life and of my career. And that was the first year we did that. And through that time, I was like, damn, like, all of these skills and all of this time and all of these, like, practices that we're having, like from a wellness perspective, everything that I've learned, essentially, I want to be able to give back to the next generation in a, in a way that's my own. So that December, I did something that I never did before. I was like, to create a new result in my life, I have to do something that I've never done. In that winter break, I had to tell my parents that I wasn't coming home for Christmas. And I didn't even have like a real reason why. I was just like, I know that this next year is going to be a different year for me. And to be able to be prepared for that, I can't risk going home, getting sick because <laughs> the weather changed, you know, from West Coast to East Coast. Yeah. I have to lock in. And they understood. So I locked in. And what came through me was a manifestation of all the knowledge that I've been collecting over the years. And it came out as like this curriculum. It was called the Free Life Wellness and Achievement Curriculum. Use this curriculum to springboard you into the best you you can be using this like new year's manifestation energy everybody's trying to make changes and shifts and create a better they want to have a better year than they had last year but how do you do that so this is my gift to the world like i wasn't able to go see my parents i wasn't able to give them gifts but i was able to give the world this document that I posted on the 31st of December. On the 1st of January, seven people showed up at my house and we went through the curriculum at eight o'clock in the morning. And the curriculum starts with the wellness curriculum, which is your personal morning routine. And the morning routine, the, the, gen, the general basis of the, of the routine is this, connect to yourself before you connect to the world. Like don't look at your phone, don't read your DMs, scroll Instagram, look at emails, respond to text messages. Yeah. That's all going to be there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Take, like take a specific block of time, like an hour or three <laughs> and, and, and create a personal wellness routine for yourself. Mine consists of waking up like five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, working out, coming back, journaling, uh, reading a spirit feeding book or listening to a spirit feeding audio, like consuming something very, empowering the first thing when you wake up um get your body moving get your chi moving create a natural energy spiritually emotionally intellectually physically then nourish your body eat like a plant-based breakfast i'm not saying go completely plant-based but what i am saying is getting your fruits and veggies in the morning (laughs) your body's gonna love it i promise you and then um like journaling setting your goals setting your intentions 
expressing gratitude and doing writing two to three pages of just free writing to completely declutter your mind and then reprogram your mind for the intentional things that you want to see happening in your day as it results to your values and, and your goals. And when that happens, you are able to tune yourself to your highest vibration. You are in control of your, of your mind, your body, your experience. And instead of the world acting on you, you're acting on it. And um, that's the premise. And so I had seven people come with me on a long, like two mile hike up the Hollywood Reservoir, which is a beautiful space. If you, I'll, I'll take you there when you get to LA. And Perfect. we went through this whole journey. You know what I'm saying? When we got back, we went into the achievement side. And the achievement side of the curriculum is about setting your goals. It's about goal setting, value identification, and creating a a master vision for yourself so that you can be encouraged to follow your master curriculum. And during this, what I like to do is like, I like to reverse engineer a 10-year goal. So I take your 10-year vision, and then I said, this is 10 years. What does five look like? If this is five years, what does two look like? If this is two years, what does one look like? And guess what? One is right now. So you're actually at the first year of your 10-year master plan when you read it front to back. And this is such a beautiful exercise that extracts like your wildest dream, puts it on paper, and now you can be committed to following it. And I'm doing this workshop with everybody in the room as well. And on my year two, I'm like, I'm going to be a world traveling artist. I'm about to be on tour. I'm about to, you know, work with the best of the best. I'm doing this. And you're, and you're saying this all in the affirmative. Like, affirmations is a big part of the wellness and achievement routine too like affirming things to yourself knowing it's going to happen before it happens and saying it like it's happening now so it's like i am this i am that i am world touring artist i am on tour i am getting it popping so boom a phone my phone rings while i'm writing these things down literally in the middle of this workshop my phone rings hey mike is this is this you i'm like yeah this is me (laughs) <laughs> You're like, um, <laughs> yo, can you be on a plane to Australia tomorrow to be Nicki Minaj's photographer, videographer for her tour? I was like, yeah, so I'll call you back. Bye. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to fucking Australia. <laughs> oh. It was a magic moment that literally I'm teaching this. I'm teaching these concepts and it literally manifested in my life in real time in front of my students. And at that moment, the free life became a real thing. Like it became not just a curriculum, not just like something, but it became a brand that people believed in. And as I was on tour, I, I came back once between Australia and Europe, got invited back on Europe. But in between, I, I hosted two more w- workshops. And then when I got off a of tour, I continued hosting the workshops. And I realized that this type of information my community needs and they value me for and they expect it from me. And kind of like music, like I didn't ever plan to do music on a public mass level until it caught on. I'm just one of those people who like responds to demand as an entrepreneur, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But everything that I do is from me, so it's not forced. Yeah, the Free Life Enterprises started to develop this like wellness and achievement branch Jelani became super, my, my friend Jelani became super involved and intrigued with it too. And um, we got the opportunity to take that concept and implement it into a youth camp. And we, that's where the first mind body sports camp came from. So we're now teaching student athletes, like young student athletes from like elementary school to high school, not only the game of sports, but the game of life. And 
Jelani and I then become like, okay, I think we got something here. Like we're going to be like the next Tony Robbins of sports and music. <laughs> let's go. Let's keep going. Yeah. And that's when we got the call to um, Forbes. And at Forbes is when everything kind of crystallized. You know what I'm saying? We actually didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> All we knew was like, I told this story to the person who reached out to me from Forbes. And they were like, yo, you got to be here. Matter of fact, you got to be on the 30 under 30. Did you apply to that? Are you, how old are you, 28? Oh, you can, you should be on the list. I was like, okay, Forbes, like, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Like, <laughs> Fuck it, you know? And so me and Jelani get to Detroit. We sat up late at a at a coffee shop and then in our hotel room, like developing the plan. Like, lie to you not. We wrote our business plan. We wrote our I created the website and we made like our our whole pitch the night before the first day of Forbes. And <laughs> wow. With all the practice that Forbes gave, by the end of the day, by the end of like the third day. We had been pitching and refining and practicing and communicating our vision and our goals with everybody at the event. And, you know, a hundred people every like two hours for three days, you get kind of nice. And by the time we talked to the VCs, we were like crystal clear and ready to get it going. That's incredible. I had no, I had no idea that you guys put all that together in the night before. That's, that's impressive. I, I had no clue. Wow, so polished when when uh, when we when we connected and wow, that's that's impressive. Man, I I appreciate you, bro. Like, thank you. Like Jelani and I have been best friends since we were in second grade, playing little little league football together. To playing in high school, went to different colleges. I helped support him when he was in the NFL, and now he's transitioning to running this business with me and pursuing his own creative career as a producer and filmmaker himself. And um, he's my, like, my ride or die best friend, you know? So, like, when I told him that I got the ticket to Forbes, he's like, I'm on the plane. Let's go. What are we going to do? I was like, I don't know, bro. But me and you need to figure it out, and we're going to figure it out together, and we're going to continue, and we're going to use this opportunity to, to be a catalyst for the next journey. I love it. So this, this is a good transition, especially since you just <laughs> laid out that you've, you've already got your 10-year plan dreams goals targets what does future mike look like oh man so my biggest goal right now is to impact the lives of one million students really a billion you know my goal is to impact the lives of a billion students and when i say students i mean just students of life you know people who are willing to learn students of themselves i want everybody to pursue self-mastery which is in turn a free life your free life i want to impact the world on a, on a mass scale, teaching the free life to a billion people. How do I do that? I do that by being the best version of myself. You know, like this year, I feel the most whole I've ever felt, ever. You know, like when I got injured and lost my scholarship and lost my academic career, you know, I completely disassociated from being an athlete and being um, somebody who was smart and has a degree. You know, I've, I've been in every major studio in L.A. and not once have I ever like spoke on my intellect. I mean, people understand it because of what I bring to the table. But like me and my interpersonal self, I was so disconnected from two of the three things that make me the most whole. And um, in my healing journey, you know, healing from my injury physically, healing from my trauma emotionally and psychologically, I'm now able to re to reapproach those things in my life. And it's making me the version of myself that I know myself to be. 
Um, I'm training for a marathon in May. I'm going to be running the LA Marathon under the Free Life emblem, inspiring um, young student athletes and even professional athletes and beyond that just because you can't play the sport doesn't mean you can't be a, a great physical vessel still. You know, I'm going, on, I'm going on a national tour. I got an album dropping. I'm back into my music bag, okay? He's nice. back, okay, ladies and gentlemen? Back, <laughs> you know? My man Lightfoot and I have a project called Ion dropping very soon. I'm talking about it lightly, um, but it's going to be a major, major, major uh, shift in the collective consciousness of hip hop, trap music, and you know other other genres that I, I don't want to give too much away. Fair but enough. yeah, yeah. But basically, I'm dropping a project. I'm running a marathon, doing uh, an athleisure line with uh, one of the greatest designers to come up in our era right now, his name's designed by Tarantino, Teron Wade. He's uh, my great friend and collaborator. Basically, you know, in the next five years, I am going to be investing not only in myself, but as, a, as an outward artist and figure in the culture, but all of my friends with great ideas. If I, have, if I had a million dollars today, I would invest in their companies and I would make all of my friends millionaires. And that's what year five looks like. <laughs> So, yeah, the future the future looks like me coming from behind the camera, coming from behind the scenes, being an outward figure in culture, inspiring the world. We're going on an edutainment tour around the country and around the world where we're going to be delivering amazing um, entertainment experiences from a film and music and live performance perspective. We're also going to be in the classrooms, teaching workshops on personal and professional development um, and fostering community of wellness and holistic success in every place that we go. And yeah, that's the mission that I'm on and looking for anybody who uh, is aligned with that mission to, you know, don't be afraid. We, we're here, 2020 vision, let's go. I love it, I love it. I'm on board, I'm on board. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know that. Taking a lot of your time, I've got uh, a, a few wrap-up questions. You know, we'll have to definitely do this again because this has been been a lot of fun. Man, I'm not having, <laughs> and then you're not taking up no time, bro. Talk to me. Okay, perfect. Well, we'll we'll take our time then. What advice would you give to someone who wanted to follow in your footsteps? Oh my goodness, following your footsteps—that's the first piece of advice I would give. You know, my footsteps is unique to me. Well, you have to like dig in your heart and find what's unique to you and pursue that vigorously. You know, keep God first. You know, when I say God, I mean, I mean, it, it, it just depends on how you interpret it. Like if it's religion, then yeah, keep your Bible, keep your Quran, keep your Torah first. You know what I'm saying? If that's what grounds you and that's what makes sense, if that's what taps you into the greatest version of yourself, then then do that. If it's like on a spiritual, like universal connectedness type of vibe man like understand that like the source of your power comes from the source period <laughs> so yeah. like if you you have to empower yourself by you know what i'm saying doing the interpersonal work that's going to sustain you and be, make you a more attractive and a more um efficient vessel in delivering the service that you have to the world you know, a lot of people pursue um, external or extrinsic um, things. You know, what's, uh, if you really define your why, it'll keep you grounded and it'll keep you pursuing the thing that you love the most. It's like, why are you doing what you're doing? If it's for the jewels, the clout, 
the money, the girls, the parties, the fame. You know, you're gonna, you might get all those things and it's gonna be very short lived. And once you get it, it's not gonna be fulfilling. So tapping into your intrinsic values, your intrinsic, your intrinsic why, your purpose, it's like, if you stayed in your room for a year, not saying that you have to or should do this, but if you focused on that first, like you're gonna get so far, so much further than you would if you like totally ignored that and became anal about all the extrinsic things. You know what I'm saying? Because you can be the best, um, you can be Grammy award winning, you can be a Pulitzer Prize winner, you could be a bestseller, you could be an Emmy award winner. And if your health, mental wellness, and your sense of like love and family and connectedness and all those things are suffering, then what's all that worth? You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. I mean, becoming like the 1500 Sound Academy stands for like sound as in sonics, but sound as in the soundness within. You know what I mean? And like, that's what the free life is and everything that the free life touches, whether from a business, creative, communal perspective, it's to instill that, you know what I'm saying? It starts with you. It's powerful stuff. I think a lot of people need to, to really heed that advice and, and uh, really focus on themselves. That's something that I've been working on. I think it's something that everyone should, should always be working on. So. Yeah. I mean, you can do it your way. You sure can. And I'm just here to show you on the, tell you on the other side of that. It's like your way can work and it might work, but up until a point, like, you know, keep the highest version of you at the forefront. Absolutely. So what would you say is the best investment you've made? Best, uh, like a physical, when you, when you say investment, do you mean like something that actually like, like a physical asset or like. I, I want you to interpret this. However you like to interpret it. I've had people that went very, you know, investment money route other people will talk about you know things that they've done or you know it's it's open to interpretation man the best investment i ever made was the decision to not be like the rest of people (laughs) like my decision i made the decision to pursue greatness at a very early age and that was the best investment i've ever made you know like when i was in middle school or even in elementary school, I was running around in a trash bag to to make weight for little league football. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when I was in high school, we were up at seven o'clock in the morning doing workouts in the off season, staying all summer long in the weight room in the off season. We sacrificed all of our summers. <laughs> I never had a summer in high school. Never had, you know what I'm saying? Like I was traveling, going to to camps and combines and, you know what I'm saying? Official visits and visiting colleges and shit, you know? Yeah. Um, when I was in, in, in college, you know what I'm saying? Doing it like I didn't party as much as everybody else or play video games or chase girls. I was in the studio. I was in the locker room. I was on the field. I was in the classroom. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I always knew, you know what I'm saying? That like putting the time into places that other people aren't willing to put time would, would create great, you know, success for me. And like, even when I got to LA, moving to LA was the greatest investment I've ever made. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Moving, giving myself the opportunity 
to fail at a high level. Like if you reach for the stars and land on the clouds, if you fall, you're still in a high spot, you know? Absolutely. So yeah. like interning for 1500 or nothing, like that was the best time investment that I've made. You know what I mean? Like for my career, for my, yeah, for my career, just for my, for my life, for myself, you know, like being able to not, to go from not knowing anything to finding the source of all the information that I wanted to know into building with that source, a community and a institution and a culture and a brand and a company that is now giving that information away to the very people that needed it. Like I did when I first got there, like that's like such a full circle moment. You know what I mean? And um, shit, man, that was so great. Like investing in, investing in my community, you know what I'm saying? I make my community, like I'm, I'm a part of, I am just a part and even 1500 or nothing is just a part of like my overall community. You know, we created a, we created a collective called Afro house that has since changed its name and kind of changed its structure. But in LA, I'm a part of like the biggest, dopest, most creative, most diverse, most business minded, like, collective of creators ever and like you're gonna see them sprout up you know what i'm saying we're like the wu-tang times <laughs> million <laughs> i love it yeah so time you know like when you don't have i mean if you don't have money you still have time and energy to invest and like investing in the right people investing in the right environments the right opportunities um and staying focused in that like investing in my health man like I created, I mean, I've been plant-based for about two years now, been pescatarian for about five. And when I couldn't work out and my body failed me, like I was able to change my eating habits and still produce the, the physical results in my, in my body that I wanted. And now I'm taking that investment tenfold, still being plant-based. Now I'm going to be, by March 8th, I'm going to be a marathon runner. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I don't know, bro. Just like investing <laughs> in yourself, bro. Invest in you holistically. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that you consume, you are going to become. Investing in your knowledge, investing in your your environment, your community, all of it. You have to invest in every aspect of your life and watch. It's going to manifest in ways. And investing in your relationship with God, man, like understanding the faith that it requires, the diligence that it requires to, to follow and be and do the unseen before it becomes. Start preaching on this podcast, William. <laughs> nah, preach, preach away. Yeah. The best physical investment I've ever made was like my, was my camera, my a seven three, my 16 to 35 millimeter, my 24 to 70 millimeter, my 70 to 200 millimeter, my Ronin S my, I got the craziest kit in the game, man. <laughs> And thank you, Nicki Minaj, for giving me the opportunity <laughs> to, like, you know, get paid for what I'm worth, create, be, be on the, like, perform at the highest levels, to, to learn from the highest, like, the best of the best, and to, like, really build and create something that I can create with forever. Not only in experience, but in, like, practical, yeah. practical assets. You know, I have, like, my own production company now because of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <sighs> A lot there. I love it. I love it. 
I didn't that's remember this, William. I'm sorry, bro. Like, I'm trying to be condensed, but I'm so passionate. No, no. I'm still here. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. No, like, I, I, I don't know why I consider this the rapid fire question because I, I like the long expanded answers. I think that there's, you know, anyone can have a quick one liner, but, you know, what does that really do? You know, at, at a high level, I'm sure, it, you know, helps no, motivate sure. people, but you got to go into the the depth and the meat of, of the information or what you're trying to get across. And I think that's really important. So I, I appreciate it. Man, thank you for giving me permission. Absolutely. You don't need my permission. You do you. You don't need my permission to be yourself. Ah, that's why I like you. (laughs) What would you say is the best and worst part of entrepreneurship, Mike? Uh, The best part is the freedom. And the worst part is, I was going to say the worst part is the freedom. What I was trying (laughs) to do was create like a double entendre, but then it like kind of was not in alignment with my brand. Because you can't be the free life and the worst part of it be freedom. You know, freedom is not bad ever. But what, I'm, what I mean to say is like, you're completely responsible for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing that is cradling you. Like, you eat what you kill kind of thing. And that can be the best and worst part about it. Because that's what gives you the freedom. That's what's able to get you like massive, massive success. Like, you have no cap. You know what I'm saying? You can go out and become a billionaire, you know what I mean? If you help the most people. But, you know, the process of getting to that feels like it's the worst part, but that's also the best part, you know? I don't want to say that there is a worst part because all the things that are hard about entrepreneurship are the things that I'm working at and the things that are going to become strengths. You know what I mean? It's like, what are wins and losses? There are no losses, just lessons. So the best part about entrepreneurship is like you – are free in this physical matrix like that's the only way you can really break out the matrix is not be a part of anybody else's machine you have to create your own machine you are technically still in the matrix but at least you're playing the game but your own way you know what i mean like yeah yeah you make the rules you don't don't let someone else make the rules for you and take control i like that yeah man and like i used to have like a lot of issues with like authority and rules and stuff like that but it's interesting because like you have to embrace that because systems are important and yeah like i think the best part about entrepreneurship too is that you get to help people you get to bring people in on something that you're creating that's like helpful for the world especially if you have a business that's actually for for purpose even if it's for profit you get to help people realize their dreams by working with you on a vision that you know you're pursuing with people and you get to help those people that if your customers or the fans or the students, you know, seeing like the concept of the free life getting permeated through culture and like watching people shift and like seeing people's lives change is something I can't describe. And I just look forward to being able to doing that on even more platforms and levels and industries. And I'm just grateful. Absolutely. And one of the things that you said earlier that I, I, I didn't touch on, but you mentioned that if you had a million dollars, you would invest it in all your friends that had, you know, businesses that they wanted to start. I want to bring that up for, for a specific reason. I had a guest a few weeks ago that, that talked about that as a piece of advice that they got was saving up some money and going to the smartest friend, the smartest people that they know and saying, Hey, I know you're not asking for money right now, but I want to give you money and I want to invest in you. And, and I really love that because I think that that's when you get into, you know, the advice that you gave about, about following in your footsteps, which was follow your footsteps. 
I think that all ties into it. And then also the whole mission of free life of, of supporting people and getting people to live their life on their terms, the way that satisfies them intrinsically. So yeah, I really like that and, and wanted to, wanted to just highlight that because I, I think that's a, that's a really awesome thing that you, that you brought up. So. Man, thank you, bro. Like all of my friends are so talented and I truly feel like I'm surrounding myself with the cream of the crop, like when it comes to everything, because that's what, that's the energy that I'm putting out. So if you're in my vortex or in my world, you're a reflection of that. And every one of my creative friends makes such great work, you know, and we're all collectively just missing like that financial component or maybe that strategic component, just whatever component is missing, I would invest, I already invest in all my friends, but if I had the money, I would actually, you know, create products and campaigns and like really start to create cash flow. Cause once we all, once we're all millionaires, then my million just turned into 10 million, you know, through the collective pocketbook. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's exponential. And then from there you have even more resources to go invest in other people that are in their networks and other networks. And you just continue to build that community. So, yeah. Notice, I'm so glad you said the word network because I often interchange the word network for community. So like the next time you say, oh, I'm going out networking, I'm about to network with friends. It's like, think about, you can use that word, but think about it from like the feeling of I'm going out to community build. I'm about to go plant seeds. I'm about to build, I'm going out to build my community. Yeah. No, I like that. I think that I appreciate you making that distinction because I think that that, that probably makes networking air quotes there, uh, a lot more palatable and puts it in a, in a context that is truly valuable versus just, you know, handing out business cards, shaking hands and names and moving on to the next. Exactly. So dumbest money mistake you've made. Oh my gosh. When I got back from tour, I, ch- I spent like almost like a month's worth of bread just to try to stay in the tour lifestyle and environment. Like I was on private jets, five-star hotels, eating the best food, like literally living the dream. You know what I'm saying? And I still do. But like when I got back, I was like, I got to make this money stretch. And also because I thought I was going to be back on tour like the month after until Nikki like announced her retirement. Then I was like, oh shit, this is going to run out. (laughs) (laughs) So so like, man, I just spent so much money on trying to stay, stay in an environment that was at the level that I was, that I just came from. So I was like renting hotel. Like I didn't go home. Like I stayed in hotels (laughs) and like Airbnbs for like two weeks afterwards. And like, just to, just to stay in the vibe. But um, what I realized was I needed to change my environment. You know, I was investing so much money on being outside of the space that I call home. If that's not a, a space that can produce the results that I need, maybe I need to not only not invest in temporary environments, but maybe I need to change my environment altogether. So that's the lesson that I learned from that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great realization. So this might actually tie into the last question, but most frivolous way you've spent your money? <laughs> most frivolous way I've spent my money. That was, that was definitely one. Yeah. Except like on tour, I was spending money crazy too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> I, I had more money than I ever had in my life. You know what I'm saying? And I was just in the vibe. So it was like nothing to order like a $50 room service, like on a nightly basis, you know what I'm saying? Just like drinks and food and, you know, 
I, I'm not, I'm actually not like a big materialist. I'm more of like a um, aesthetics and energy person. So like, I, I'm not the type to like go out and buy things or buy stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm more like, I will buy food though. And you know, yeah. if you don't pay attention, it'll be, it'll trickle out of there. <laughs> it will. Yeah. That's the one thing. I don't think anybody really has a trouble spending money. That seems to be something that, that we, uh, we as humans all can, can do pretty well. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you know, like I still, I will still come into like different financial opportunities and things like that. And it's not that I will be spending money frivolously. It's me. It'll be me like trying to do the right thing with it and still like kind of coming short, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I'm just glad that my intention is different. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. I, make, I make investments now versus like before I was just like, it was like a, a hole in a, a hole in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. What would you say is the biggest challenge facing everyday Americans when it comes to finances? The lack of knowledge, the, the lack of knowing how, to, how it's used as a tool. Like there's totally different mentalities. If you ever read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, he'll tell you like how essentially rich people buy assets that produce more assets and people who are not wealthy invest in liabilities thinking that they're assets and really they're losing value and losing money and you're not actually getting, you're not actually growing your money. The fact that money can grow is a concept that people don't understand. The like the law of compounding you know, doing small things over a period of time that produce exponential results. That goes for finances and in like habits. You know, those concepts like those are not really things that, you know, um, we've been taught as a society. And a part of that is to control the masses so that there can be a separation between like the working class and the production, the producing class. You can be a weather, you can watch the weather or you can change the weather. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's like the biggest thing that people go and finance. It's just not, it's, it's not like one plus one equals two, you know, <laughs> like I think yeah. money, money is a really interesting and very, not very, but it's like, it's, it's a, it's complex in a healthy way. And it's a game, you know what I mean? It's a uh, understanding credit, how to leverage credit, um, how to create cash flow, like what ask, you know, all these different things. It, it was, it was a, it was a subject that when I learned, I knew nothing about at such an old age that I thought like as a young adult, it was just like, whoa, it is criminal. It is criminal to keep this information away. And oh, yeah. I know that people like me don't know this stuff. So I know that there's a demand and a need to um, disruptively, disruptively innovate um, financial education. Yeah. No, I, I agree, agree completely. And it's sad that we don't as a society and man, just think about how much happier and just in, in general, how just probably all the things that we'd be able to create if we didn't essentially just what 90% of the population, just whatever percent of the population, such a high percent gets stuck in this rat race and system that we've created. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta break out. Exactly. Last question that I've got is what advice would you give your 13 year old self? Mm, 13. Where was I? I was in middle school. I was in eighth grade. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. I would tell myself to keep doing what you're doing. Just don't stop playing instruments. Nice. I would tell myself like, yeah, if you can, because I was playing, I was playing brass instruments then, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I switched to playing the, <laughs> 
the microphone. <laughs> but um, I wish I, I wish I st- like my Stan and Steve, my two groupmates, they're like master musicians themselves. While I started creating content and, you know, contributing as a songwriter and a rapper, I never really, I mean, St- Steve did teach me. I, st- I did get some piano lessons from Stan and some piano lessons from Steve, and they are always there, even to this day, to teach me anything I want to know about music theory and instruments and like that. But um, yeah, if I stay consistent with my musicianship, um, man, I would be Grammy award winning for sure by now. <laughs> nice. Hey, you'll get there. I got no doubt. Oh, bro, no I'm doubt. not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. It's a, it's yeah. a, I'm so in it. <laughs> this burning, <laughs> I'm present. I am present. Because once I get it, it's like, I will never not have it from that point. You know what I'm saying? So right now, while I don't have those things, it's like, it's a precious time. I'll never be here again. I love that. I love, I love that perspective and that mindset. That's huge. Anything else you want to share with, uh, with the audience and just in general? Oh, man. The last thing I want to share with the audience is use 2020 as the springboard and the catalyst for the greatest version of your life experience from this day forward as possible. Not even use 2020, use this moment. Use, if you've learned anything, just make the decision right now to pursue your own internal greatness. Be the best version of you. Pursue your greatest dream because your greatest dream is selfish intrinsically because it's coming from you, but it's also selfless extrinsically because it's going to impact somebody somewhere because it's a it's a gift that you're giving to the human experience so by being the greatest version of you you're going to be the greatest service to somebody else it's your duty to humanity so whatever yeah so whatever habits you have to change whatever thought processes you have to elevate whatever people and environments that you got to be around do that and be fearless and do it from a place of love and connectedness because no matter what you do for yourself, the people who love you most and who love themselves will understand everything that you have to do to serve your purpose. And that's an individual journey. And I, and I wish you the best free life, free life, free life. Mike, where can people find more about you support free life, your music, What's the best way to uh, to follow you and stay connected and, and be a part of the movement? Oh, man. So you can see me on Instagram at Mike Walls, Instagram at Free Life Wellness. Um, we're going to be rolling out a lot of different platforms um, that is going to show you more of what we're doing, but you can stay connected with me there. And um, if you want to email me at thefreelifemgmt at gmail.com. I'll be sure to be able to put you into our uh, email chain, be a part of our newsletter, be a part of our community and continue getting the resources and the information and the inspiration that you need to be the best version of you. Cause that's what we're doing over here. I love it. I love it. This is, this has been a lot of fun, a lot of fun, Mike. And I'm glad that, uh, that we're able to sit down and, and, um, man, I've, you've, you've inspired me and I feel like I need to go do like, some things for, for me to help, uh, help, help get where I want to be and, and all kinds of stuff. So I really, I really appreciate, uh, I really appreciate you joining and sharing your story and everything that you're doing. It's, uh, it's really infectious, your energy. Wow. So grateful. So blessed. Thank you for giving me the platform to share and to serve. 
and uh, you inspire me too. You know, like attracts like. We have to be reflections of each other to keep this thing going. And thank you for doing everything that you do. And big thank you to the Silicon Alley podcast. Um, man, I hope your community enjoys and continues to grow and flourish in abundance. Absolutely. Thanks. I appreciate it, Mike. Appreciate you too, Will. All right. That concludes my conversation with Mike Walls. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Mike's got a lot of great positive energy and doing amazing things, has a mission, and is very motivated to achieve it. So I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, please share the podcast with others that you think would get value and really enjoy the content that we're creating here. We're trying to create a community of folks that are really focused on bettering themselves, either through entrepreneurship, personal finance, or all of the above. So please, it would mean the world to me to if, if you shared the podcast with someone that you think would get some value from it. Otherwise, I'm William Glass, the CEO and co-founder of Ostrich, and of course, the host of the Silicon Alley podcast. Thanks so much. Have a great one. You got no time to waste, but still you hesitate. Caught in a circle saying, I'll never leave this place. Got you searching from the bright side Over and over until you're looking on the inside yeah. One life, that's a feeling that you can't find Holding a hope and only keep you on the outside Special thanks to Brett Miller for providing his song Million Voices as the theme music to this podcast. Special thanks to Carolina Gancars for help directing. And thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or future guests to appear on the Silicon Alley podcast, follow us on social media and shoot us a message at Silicon Alley podcast on all the socials. Twitter, it's at Silicon Alley pod. Thanks so much for listening. This is a Financial Glass production. You know that feeling of perfectly timing the stock market, making millions of dollars? getting paid what you're worth and having your boss appreciate you, or winning the lottery whenever you feel like buying a ticket? Yeah, neither do we. It seems like everyone else gets a cut of your hard-earned money before you do. And no one seems to want you to save, invest, and get rich. Well, don't worry. At Ostrich, we are changing all that. We at Ostrich believe you deserve better than the status quo. We want everyone to live a life where money is no longer a source of stress, especially you. Ostrich is a mobile app that helps you easily set and track your money goals. Joining the ostrich flock means you'll be surrounded by others who also want you to be wealthy and happy. Ever felt like you needed an accountability buddy to help you get that money and to make those tougher financial choices? Ostrich has you covered. The best part is ostrich is free. And no, we aren't a bank or a broker. We are different. We are folks who are fed up with the system. Sign up for ostrich at getostrich.com and join the flock today.